morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wall Street Retailer Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Holman, and we're recording uh, today on July 8th for the week of July 8th. Uh, I've got my man, Rob Lawisher from Road 55, feed us some headlines. And uh, yeah, Rob, let's, let's jump in. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, another good week here in the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. Got some really interesting stories that we're going to chat about. Uh, things like uh, barter pay. You know, what the heck is that? A new service has come out that may be of uh, interest to local retailers. There's a new noteworthy campaign from the Canadian Gift Association we're going to chat about. Uh, a story with a bunch of predictions for retail after the pandemic, including this really interesting word I zeroed in on. I thought it was kind of fun, fidgetal. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about fidgetal. Um, incubation labs for retail, you know, the, those early, early stage retailers and, and a neat story out of uh, uh, the States about a, um, an incubation spot helping them get off the ground. And uh, really important discussion about the importance of, of frontline staff. So uh, that, that topic's never going away and never more important than, than it is now. Yeah, for our, sure. first, our first story, um, you know, the barter pay came up. So I'll just, you know, quickly give you that uh, from the story. It says it's a unique concept that helps business owners barter their sunk cost, uh, their idle inventory, their, their spare capacity uh, for what they need instead of having to, to dip into those precious uh, cash reserves. Dan, tell us, tell us your thoughts on this. Love barter pay. Been a member of barter pay for a while. Um, so barter pay, John Porter is the, is the founder's name. Um, and if, if you guys want to listen to a pretty good podcast, head over to retail insider. They've got a weekly podcast and they actually just did one. I, I'm going to say that it was this last week. It maybe came out Monday, okay. um, with John from barter pay talking about, you know, sort of the ecosystem that they've created. So, you know, bartering has been around forever. And what this, what this has done now for retail, and even when we started to talk to them, um, you know, they're based in southwestern Ontario, actually not far from my hometown. They're in Hamilton um, and, uh, and have done a lot of work in that southwestern Ontario area. But now they've started to sort of move across Canada. Okay. So we have a barter pay franchise here in, in uh, northern Alberta. Um, I believe they might be in either Sherwood Park or Red Deer. I can't remember right now. Um, but so this ecosystem allows a retailer to give up idle inventory in exchange for a service. You see, when this first came out, I mean, this initial, you know, platform, I think the launch, the story behind this was they were, you know, they partnered with Gulf North Properties. Gulf North Properties um, was, a, was a group of guys that bought a bunch of golf courses in southwestern Ontario. Okay. And you could buy a Gulf North membership and golf at, you know, one of eight or ten different golf courses at, at any given time. Well, they created this partnership with them that allowed them to give up idle tee times or empty tee times in exchange for dollars, but barter dollars. So, you know, for us, you know, on the coaching side of the business, you know, you can buy my services with barter dollars. So you make a deposit of your inventory, we'll say for a retailer, you know, yep. you can dump off some idle inventory. This is a great thing for holiday or coming out of season or, um, you know, some overruns, not really a piecemeal idea, but I can put a block of inventory out there um, in exchange for dollars that I can use for services, you know, web development, um, you know, accounting, bookkeeping, yeah. uh, retail consulting, yeah. you know, point of sale activity. Um, so it's kind of a great little 
program that they've built. And the thing that I like the most about barter pay uh, is the charitable component. So, okay. you know, they, they, they also, not only can I, you know, have they created this ecosystem for, you know, for business and service, but also for charity. So they're raising money or using some of that money that they fund charitable organizations with as well. So you get, you know, full barter credits or retail, you get barter credits at full retail value that can go somewhere, you know, that's needed, whether that is to charity or, okay. you know, to a service that you need in your store. So this is a great way for a retailer, you know, that's, it's tight on cash. I don't know many that aren't tight on cash. Yeah. You know, if you're tight on cash, but you've got some inventory still, and lots of us, you know, have some, have some spring inventory we're sitting on, this might be a good opportunity for you to exchange it for some cash that you need in another area of the business. And you, you know, you don't need that resource. So for someone who's not, not used it before, not aware of it, is, is it, uh, so I'm physically shipping my, my excess inventory and who, who decides so you're not really shipping your inventory. You're putting it out there available for sale and you have a barter. So, so the whole barter pay system is, is a, you know, it's a members only group okay. and you pay your subscription fee. It's, yeah. it's very cost effective, you know, 50 or 60 bucks a month kind of thing. Um, and if you're a member of a, of the Canadian chamber, um, I think it's even cheaper than that. You might even not pay to be a member. Um, yep. And that allows you to put inventory on a block when it, you know, as it sells or when it sells this, this idea of barter is having two people, you know, one with a need and one with a supply at the exact same time. Well, yep. you don't have to do that in the barter pay ecosystem. You put your goods out there and, and exchange it for dollars that you can use with something else. So not only now are you bartering or you don't have to barter one-to-one, -one, you barter with a right. large community. So I, it, it, it's a great, great little program, not little, pro, it's a great program that yeah. I think is going to get some legs. And again, you know, uh, Craig Patterson and, and, uh, and John Porter did a podcast earlier this week, talked about what they were doing in the retail community. They formed some partnerships, you know, with Retail Council of Canada. Um, so certainly worth, worth a listen to these guys. Right on, right on. Well, we'll have the link to this story in, in uh, our newsletter this week. So uh, be sure to check that out if you haven't. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, we, we've got a great story uh, coming off the wire here about the Canadian Gift Association. They're launching a new campaign uh, to support local retail. Uh, it's called By the Way, Keep It Local. And by is B-U-Y. And uh, so they're putting it out there you know, a real grassroots campaign that they're going to do everything that they can to feature as many local retailers, uh, you know, giving them some of the um, marketing fuel to get their message out there. Uh, good to see the association doing what they can to help retailers right now. Dan, what, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, when we look to, um, you know, the, the, in this case, it's the, um, you know, Canadian Gift Association, uh, Can Gift is is kind of how they're known. It's an it's an association for gift stores, um, and you see everything from you know they happen to highlight you know one of our one of our uh, favorite garden centers, Greenland Garden Center, uh, on their Instagram here um, I, uh, earlier this week. Yeah. Um, and so these guys are just coming out as an association, and and using using a hashtag, keep it local Canada. Um, or, you know, on their Instagram account at keep it local Canada and promoting, 
you know, local gift stores. And we say gift, it's anybody that carries gift. It's not, you know, it's not, um, it's not like I'm, I got to go and buy something. It's home and housewares, garden centers, apparel stores that have accessory. You know, the gift market is, is a massive market. Alberta, you know, when we go to the Alberta gift show, you know, you're going to see, you know, over a thousand vendors. I mean, yep. 10,000 people going to this thing. So these guys are banding together and saying, hey, let's, as an association, let's come out and try and support retail. So we love the idea that, you know, they're, they're picking up on the independents and, you know, promoting them. This is a great, this is a great cause that every association that has lived on the backs of retail should be standing up for them now. And, you know, buy local, shop local, keep it in your community is not a new concept. Right. Um, it, it's certainly not presenting itself as a new concept. They're just trying to highlight the power or the importance of supporting the local community. It doesn't take away from, you know, the Canadian tires of the world or the, right. you know, keg steakhouses of the world. Yeah. It's just saying, you know, focus your dollars inside your community where they do the most work shop local, you know, and that doesn't mean, you know, don't shop online. You know, most of our retailers now are, are out there with a digital space, not fidgetal. We'll talk not about fidgetal later, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they're out there in the digital world and, and you've, we've got to support them. They're the, you know, I say this all the time. They are the hockey moms and dads, the soccer moms and dads, you know, the dance mom and dads. They're the ones that when I need something for my kid's baseball team or my grandson's baseball team, I go yeah. and talk to. Yeah, Totally. I think it's great to see because, you know, as, as important as the, the support local shop local is, it, it just can't be, you just can't sit on your hands and assume it and, and expect it, right? You still got to participate, getting your message out there. So it's nice seeing the, you know, yeah. umbrella association. Hey, we're going to step in do, too and, and try and help push that message. Uh, and we're going to we see so many stores close, Rob, so many businesses you know, I, I think Retail Insider, you know, it was one of the headlines this morning, you know, hundreds of stores or thousands of stores are going to close in the summer of 2020. And the only way we mitigate closure is by supporting these stores, by getting out there and helping them and recognizing, you know, if I'm going to spend 10 bucks, I'm far better off to go, you know, drop it in a retailer's front door than you know, buy something from buying something from across the water or, you know, the big bad A. Um, Although, you know, we have the opportunity to sell on Amazon like anyone else. I just, it's so important. So, so important to help mitigate some of this attrition that we're staring at right now by supporting the local. And I love that, you know, the the gift association is stepping up for their community. Right on. Well, remember folks, by the way, B-U-Y. So keep it low. By the way. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions from the latest point of sale software to e-commerce solutions. They've got Retail Pro to Heartland Retail, Shopify and more. They have the retail solutions to make your store more successful. Let them help you find the cutting edge retail solutions today. uh, Visit retailbycrs.com. Okay, we, we brought it up a couple times. It's, it's an exciting word. We're, we're excited to talk about it. Fidgetal. Uh, here, here's this story. It comes to us uh, uh, on Explica. Explica. I can't even say it properly. 
link will be in the newsletter folks.co uh the story is just you know talking about some predictions for what the retail sector will be like after the pandemic and and uh I think some may argue during as well, because this the, we're, we're in for a bit of a, a long run and there's going to be different uh, approaches to it. But this one talked about, uh, again, that fun word, fidgetal, where it says it's not just about the omni-channel, but rather a symbiotic relationship that understands the advantages of each channel serve to optimize interaction between customers and retail. Okay, Dan, fidgetal, give me your, give me your nickels worth here. Uh, fidgetal is, uh, you know, these guys, um, sorry, fidgetal, um, is, is this convergence of, of physical and digital and, or, or this, you know, sort of symbiotic relationship between physical and digital. This, this article tries to, you know, separate fidgetal, the, the physical and, and, and digital space, separate it from omni-channel. Um, and depending on your understanding of omni-channel, the, de- the definition of omni-channel, fidgetal is very sim- similar to that. Very similar. Um, I think yeah. the biggest thing that I took in this article, you know, was the idea that, um, you know, you have to create, you have to create this, um, unique presentation in every channel of the business. And when we think about omni-channel, we talk about this synonymous experience, that it's the same digitally as it is physically or in your brick and mortar store. And this, this fidgetal, I think they're hoping to get a buzzword out of this thing because they're saying, you know, if you don't remember this word or this term, you know, here it is again, but it's the idea that, or the belief the mantra that each space, digital and physical, must have its own personality, must have its own unique offering or way of doing business. And, you know, when I talk about, you know, this, this, this retail drive, you know, that to make this work, you've got to create this experience that brings two worlds together. And for me, it's still omni-channel. An omni-channel, one singular channel that allows me to deliver my customer experience. In in this example, we're saying you've got to create experiences that combine these two worlds, you know, in, a, in an accurate way, designing relevant, you know, and different elements for each channel. And I don't know if it necessarily has to be a different um, experience on each channel, but if I'm shopping, you know, on my on my couch and my nutsack underwear, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, I, I maybe don't need the same experience as I do when I walk through your front door. I'm looking for something that maybe is more streamlined, but I still want to be treated with the respect and admiration that I would get as I walk through your front door. And in fact, you know, we've created this, this opportunity to speak to that digital customer, um, that that online customer in a more personal way. Now I was, I was, you know, buying, looking at you suck at golf. You suck at golf is a new brand in the U S maybe it's not too new, but they've got some funky stuff. Um, and we were looking at, uh, some of their (laughs) golf gear for an event that we're doing. And, you know, I moved something into a cart to try to understand what that experience looked like on their, on their site. Yeah. 
Well, when I closed my browser, about three minutes later, I got a text message, you know, from a guy named Matt saying, hey, man, I, I, you left without buying. Can I give you a discount to buy? But it was, it was like, you know, it was personalized in that, you know, they knew who I was already. Right. And right. if we don't recognize that, you know, we need to quickly do. And I, you know, then they get the 24 hour email back. So there's, you know, there's this connection that needs to happen in that, in that space to make me feel important. And that's what that was doing saying, Hey, it's important for you to reach out to us. It's important for us to connect with you. We don't want to lose you as a customer, even though they didn't have me yet. Here's a question for you. Small retailer, brick and mortar, abandoned cart. They're walking out no bags in hand. Right. What are, what are some ideas that, that retailers can, you know, you just explained a great setup of what happens when you digitally abandon a cart. Yeah. What, what should be happening in the brick and mortar retail with, with that exact same problem? You know, Rob, the challenge that we have in brick and mortar today, <sighs> our focus is so heavily weighted on the sale that we lose track of the experience, the wow. You know, I I go back to one of my favorite cultural stories ever, you know, the, the Seattle fish market and the fish philosophy and, you know, their four core values you know, play, (laughs) have some fun in the store, be there, connect with people, right? You know, create a memory. And what we do, what we don't do, pardon me, in our, in our brick and mortar store is focus on the memory. Not everybody that walks in the store is ready to buy right now. Everyone that walks in the store is in a different phase. They may be dreaming. They may be exploring. They may be selecting. You know, but we don't know that. And if our emphasis is only on, hey, this is what's on sale. Hey, buy this. Hey, buy this. It doesn't create a good experience. And that follow-up, that making a memory for someone, you've heard this a thousand times, the wow experience. I want people to walk out of my store and go, wow. Yeah. That was a diff. I didn't buy anything. Right, right. Damn. You know, I, I needed to, I'll tell you a but, quick story. But it's I've not told this story a hundred times. Yeah. 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 They yeah. left with an empty cart. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of the, one of the biggest mistakes people make is the greeting. It is okay. the, the lack of a greeting. And there's two kinds of greetings that happen in your store. There is the greeting when someone walks in and then there's the exit greeting. And the exit greeting is the most important greeting of all. It's how you, it's, it's how you say goodbye you know, to your best friend. And so we moved here to Alberta in 2007. Uh, for the first time, Marley and I are in Banff. We're going, you know, up and down Banff Avenue. Yeah. And you know how many stores are on Banff Avenue. I mean, it's a crazy amount of stores. And I just, I get this feeling after the first five or six stores, like they don't care. Like they're, everybody's a tourist. Everybody's right. a tire kicker. Just Nobody gives a crap. Playing the numbers game. You're here once. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said to Marlene, let's play a game. You know, let's go into every store. And, and the first store that exit greets us, the first store that acknowledges us leaving, not coming, but yeah. leaving, we're going to buy yeah. something, right? Okay, awesome. And if it's, it's, a girl, it's a girl store, a woman store, you buy yeah. something, a guy store, I'll buy something. Man, oh man, you know, we start, I don't know, maybe at Caribou or whatever in Banff, and we walked in every 
freaking store without getting a, sometimes not an entrance greeting, not a good morning, good day, how are you? Right, but right. no exit greetings. Nobody gave a shit that we were in and out of their store. Yeah. You know, we went up one side of Banff Avenue, about halfway down the other, and we walk in the store, we do the trail, and we're walking out the door, and this girl from behind the counter says, hey, guys, thanks for coming in today. I hope you have an awesome day. You know, and that's what it took. That's the exit greeting. Back you in. I mattered. Yep, <laughs> turned around, and Marlene bought a piece of jewelry. You know, nice. not a cigar store, not yeah. a wine store, Damn, <laughs> <you>. jewelry store, <laughs> you know, but that it's, it's the power yeah. of the greeting that does that. And that's what right. connects you to your customer. And I think, you know, later on, we're going to talk about one of the, one of the steps in the wealthy retailer system, yep. you know, the greeting and the engagement of your customer is what drives your business. And there's far too much emphasis on sales today. And and this is what happens in your brick and mortar store. People are walking out with an empty cart and you have no way to follow up with them because you didn't create a connection with them while they were in your store. Well, that I'm sure I'm going to butcher the line, but that, that saying of the, they may not remember exactly what you say, but they'll sure remember how you made them feel. How you made them feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Just, you know, the power of that. Like yep. even though they're empty cart, they're walking out. But if, if you left them with a good feeling coming back, I, I like the chances of them coming back your Think, way. Think Rob, this is, this is why we work so hard to create ambassadors for our stores, not customers. Yep. I don't need customers in my store. I need ambassadors, ambassadors, both buy, you know, and promote. And so when someone leaves my store, you know, when you leave my store, I want, you to say to someone, oh, you, you got to go check out, you know, Twig and Berries. You got to go check out CRS. You got to go talk to Lindsay at yeah. Bella Moss because, yeah. I mean, it's the greatest experience ever. And, and I use this, you know, in coaching sometimes, you know, how often do you ask someone for a recommendation for a restaurant? Hey, I've got some friends coming yeah. into town. You know, where should we go for dinner? Oh, you got to go to Sorrentino's, St. Albert. You got to go to Sorrentino's. You got to go to Buco. Well, where do you go? Buco. Yeah. Right? I trust you. Right, right. And so the same thing, you know, I need a dress. I need a pair of jeans. I need a polo. I need a bag. Where should I go? It's that, it's that ambassadorship that pushes me to that store. And if we focus on creating ambassadors, we generate our own traffic. We generate our own opportunities. 100%. Well, this next story, uh, uh, let's talk about early opportunities here because uh, this is helping folks get right off the ground. Uh, story out of Daytona, or pardon me, Dayton, not Daytona. Dayton, Ohio. I had car racing on the, on the brain for a moment there. Mm -hmm. uh, the day, DaytonDailyNews.com uh, talks about uh, uh, retail lab incubators. And um, it's cool because it, it uh, also references... Uh, the early success of their pop-up shop program. So it's, it's almost like they had two programs going. Uh, the retail lab uh, builds on this success. It, it brings the focus even further to providing resources to entrepreneurs who are either uh, already down here trying to find a way in the downtown market. So it's, it's built off of a market as well. Uh, I've always referred to farmer's markets as the well, I guess outside of your basement or your garage, they're your second incubator. Right. But um, your thoughts, Dan, on, on just, I'll say the topic of incubation and, and uh, 
Should more retailers, should more communities be, be doing this to help their retailers get off the ground? What are your thoughts? 100% yes. Oh, gosh, yes. And almost every community has some level of of incubation or collaboration for retail. You know, in St. Albert, I think we have the collective, which brings together, you know, different people, you know, in a space. And I think that I, what I liked about this story, um, a few things, but but one of the things that really stood out was, you know, that the downtown core was saying, hey, we've, we've got to help entrepreneurs and we've got to help our retailers and we've got to give them a way to get in front of people and not just you know, get, a, get in front of people with their product, but get in front of people with the experience and coach them and guide them and help them. Incubation is nothing new. Incubation is, you know, this idea of collaborative services, collaborative support for each other in a single place. You know, we look at NABI in, in Northern Alberta, the, the business incubation. Yeah. You know, I get an office, I get a boardroom, I get some services, you know, and, and it helps to incubate my business. It puts me in a little bubble, gives me some level of protection, and allows me to grow and expand and really understand what I need to do. And in this case, they're bringing in entrepreneurial experts, you know, and giving some guidance to retail. And we see these kinds of, you know, collaborative pop-ups happen all over the place. You know, West Edmonton Mall did a collaborative pop-up, you know, where they did a small incubation, a small pop-up, 12 stores over holiday, you know, and they and they they park them in the center of the mall and they say, here, here's a space, here's all the services that you need to bring in your products and sell. And I think that the Carmazians did it in, in Mall of America, they did it here, and we see it all over the place. And I, I, you know, we need more incubation. And this idea, you know, that, that I have to pay so much attention to my competition instead of, you know, collaborating and, right. and removing competition in my community, not removing it, but protecting myself, you know, from the, from the negative that competition can sometimes bring, you know, by focusing more on collaboration. And that's really what this is about. 100%. You know, it's, it is yeah. incubation, but it is at a collaborative level. When, when you, uh, you know, you talked earlier about that where it's going to be a challenging summer, challenging year, there's going to be closures. When you look at the incubation side, uh, an idea that the thought pops into my head is, is this a role that municipalities can play where they can go out to the commercial um, uh, landlords and say, look, we'll be, we'll be your AAA rent in some areas, but we, we want to help incubate uh, some pop-ups and the, we'll give them a hand for a few months, but you know, they're going right. to pay There's nothing free. Right. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of empty spaces out there. Is, is this a tactic that, that might help fill that space? I think it's, I think it is a tactic that will help. And I, if, if we have this idea, so on the municipalities, hundred percent, yes, absolutely. We should be going back to economic development and saying to the economic development uh, uh, arms in our communities, you know, let's, let's come up with a way, let's strategize how we can put some retailers, you know, in business. Let's take some empty space and do a collaboration or do a collective, you know, and do it on percentage rent. You know, nothing is free, yep. you know, and we don't need, oh, no. we don't need a hand out. We need a hand up, yep. right, to help some of these retailers. And the municipalities could easily do this. There's enough, there's enough vacancy today and there's going to be more vacancy that we could go out to businesses or prospective businesses and say, Hey, this is what we've created, you know, as the, as the Edmonton economic development, uh, um, you know, division or the St. Albert economic right, right. development yep. division, yep. this is what we've done. And we can collaborate together. We can pull together a community of, you know, three or four services or retailers, 
you know, which kind of happens in a lot of markets. Yeah. That's what the market does. Uh-huh. You know, it brings together people in their ideal pop-up locations. Well, I, I and like I'll it. tell you, Steve Brooks was a, sorry, oh, yeah. Steve Brooks was a guest on our podcast yeah. um, late last year, yeah. you know, and he is the pop-up expert and he's going to tell you this exact same thing, you know, and that's a good guy to follow retailers, you know, follow Steve Brooks, the pop-up expert yeah. um, and listen to some of the pop-up, you know, advice that he's giving free advice that he's giving, yeah. you know, this is how you test, you know, get into a space you know, where you're not tied in, where it is a collaborative environment. The, uh, I, I think of another guest you had on, on the wealthy retailer, uh, and uh, St. Albert, Rob Tryon, who owns effing seafoods. Yes. Um, he, he started literally the back, well, I don't want to say the back of the truck or van, but, yeah. uh, at, at farmer's markets, he, he built it on his own to the point where, he, he picked up a significant piece of real estate in, in St. Albert and he's full right. brick and mortar. Did not abandon the, the pop-up. That's still a big part of his, his operation, but he's, he's a pretty go get him type of guy. For sure. And um, I guess when, when I look at what's happening, I, I just really hope those economic development authorities, the municipalities don't sit back and just wait for those go getters. They, I think they need to get in front of them go walk, you know, St. Albert's got one of the biggest markets in Western Canada, like walking each booth and say, what's your, you know, what's your next plan? How, how yeah, can we help you sure. open your brick and mortar store? And, and I bet how many farmers markets have asked that question? Uh, oh, before? no question. And you know, the thing about this one in West, I mean, this St. Albert farmers market, you know, it's driven, it's, it's managed, it's owned by the Canadian or by the, sorry, St. Albert Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> their job is to support their mission. Yep. One of their missions is to support business, you know, advocate for that small business, small to medium sized businesses. And there's no reason that they shouldn't be, you know, trying to promote permanent space in this, in this pop-up environment. And there's a lot of potential retailers, you know, at that market. I don't know how many hundred vendors they've got now. Um, you know, we walked the market last Sunday, oh, yeah. last Saturday, and it was, yep. it's crazy big. Yep. Yep. Big stuff. Okay. Uh, Dan mentioned it earlier. Uh, he's got some great videos on his website and one of them, the 12 steps of retail. And, and this week, uh, we're picking an item that, uh, I just grabbed it out of the air and we want to hear what Dan has to say with it. Your sales volume is consequential. Dan explain. Sales volume is absolutely consequential, consequential. You know, it, it, sales are the result of successive steps or encounters, you know, in the process. And I think I said this a couple of minutes ago, far too many of us, far too many of us focused on sales and not the things that make up sales. When you understand, you know, the three things that make up sales volume, when you break things down into smaller chunks, you can, you can better uh, uh, apply improvement or coaching, you know, or your skill set to each of those areas. Sales volume is traffic times conversion times average sale. So if I have, you know, 10 people walk through my door, yeah. I sell five for 50%, five of them, they each buy $100, my sales volume is $500. Now, if I want a 10% sales increase, what do I focus on? Well, if I add one more customer, what happens? If I add $10 to the average sale, what happens? If I convert one more, if I connect 
with one more, my sales volume goes up. And I kind of alluded to this earlier, said this earlier, you know, if we'd focus more energy on the connection, on the experience, on the ambassadorship, yep. sales would follow and it would be consequential. Right. You know, consequence, it happened because, it happened, you know, in, on the trail of this. And sales is a consequence of my ability to generate traffic through my door, front or digital, doesn't matter. Create a great experience for them that allows them to buy yep. and provide a total solution that allows them to increase the average ticket. And if I increase my traffic, if I increase my conversion or I increase my average sale, my sales volume goes up. And too many retailers, you know, gosh, I just need, I just, my sales are 30% off. What do I do? Well, I don't know. Is your traffic down? What's yeah. your conversion at? What's your average sale at? What's your UPTs? You know, how many times do you sell a pair of pants without a belt or, you know, socks, shoes with no socks or, you know, glasses with no screwdriver. I, there's just so many opportunities. And, and this, get this video really walks through, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Instead of saying, okay, wait a minute. If I focus a little more energy on connecting with people, especially in today's world, there is zero excuse for someone to walk yeah. out of your door without a bag. Zero. Yeah. If they walk out of the, out of your store without a bag, you did something wrong. Yeah. Right. There are not a lot of tire kickers in our life right now. There are buyers, people that are in the selecting phase. You know, we think about, you know, we have a selling system. We have a selling model. We sell this way. Well, customers buy in that same, you know, stream. They, they start by dreaming about what they want. They look at the internet. They look in magazines. They're dreaming about what they want to buy or what they want to curate. They go from dreaming to exploring. What are my buying opportunities? Where will I, where could I find what I'm looking for to fulfill this, this vision that I'm creating and whether that's an outfit, a house, it, it does, it, the buying process is the same. And I move from dreaming to exploring to selecting. Well, fast forward today, everybody that walks through your door is in fact in selection mode. They're risking, they're risking yep. their life. Right, you know, right, right. they're right. They're, they're making this no, conscious no. decision yep. to walk into your store and they trust that you're going to protect them, but they're walking in there to buy. Yeah. And if you create a great experience for them, a great engagement, when I say experience, you know, it is the acknowledgement that she's there, you know, this admiration that you have that, that she took time out of her day to walk in my store. I'm going to give you my undivided yeah. attention. hundred percent. No, that's great. And, uh, you, you have so many, well, it's great 12 step video and the full videos that retail by crs.com folks if you want to go check out the the full piece so much of what you hit on dan lends itself to those those frontline staff and that's our our next not really a story it was a it was a blog post from uh, a significant thought leader in the world of marketing seth godin he brought up uh um Krulax law i'm sure i'm not pronouncing that exactly right but uh uh it just zeroes in on the experience people have with your brand is typically in the hands of the person you pay the least. Uh, and, and it's, it's a reality. It, uh, Krulax law, just for those not, not familiar with it, it's, it's, uh, of military origin and, um, but it comes from general Krulak put this out and it was talking about soldiers originally. And I found it so interesting that 
he, he talked about the three block war in, in wartime that within just those three blocks, uh, Marines are, are expected, they're required to conduct, you know, full scale military action, peacekeeping and humanitarian activities all, all at once. And, and the importance of their leadership training for the, for the front line was, was so important. And, uh, um, take it away, Dan, like, like you're, you're obviously hitting on all these points, but it all relates back to that, that front line that we have in our retail. Right. And I think that, you know, when we look at, I mean, Seth's Seth's message, this wasn't an article, this was a two sentence blog kind Uh, of thing. It was really short, but it was, it was poignant. You know, he's talking about, you know, that we, that our frontline people are priceless assets in our business. They're not cogs in the wheel. They're not, you know, they're not, um, um, you know, cheap cogs, they're priceless. And, you know, for, I grew up in the furniture world and, you know, we used to talk to our teams about, you know, the most important person in the, in the rate, in the, in the relationship or in the process, you know, when buying furniture for your home, isn't the salesperson, it isn't the designer, it isn't the curator of product, it's the delivery guy. He's the frontline guy. And in your store, it is that exact same thing. We focus far too much energy on wages and and how much people make and minimum wage and all that other bullshit. Instead of saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, you are the most important, you know, person in this relationship for our customer and you need to be able you know, to, to make a life, not a living and, and not a fair wage, but a wage that rewards, not, I, I say not a fair wage. I mean that the emphasis isn't on fair wage. The emphasis is on, you know, pay for performance. You know, when you create that great experience for my customer, you're going to be rewarded for it. And it's got some tie to, you know, this idea that, you know, yes, I need operational people. Yes, I need delivery men. Yes, I need, you know, buyers and curators and merchandisers. Yep. But that person, that frontline person that speaks, that looks your customer in the eye is the most priceless asset that you have. And we do not, we do not invest enough in our frontline staff. And this kind of speaks to Seth. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's got the great, boom, here you go. Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so much of that investment speaks to, you know, the, the training, giving yeah. them the, the trust and the responsibility and, and, and the, the authority to do the authority. Things, right. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, just, you know, a great takeaway, just something to think about that, uh, um, you know, your point of obviously money, money is super important. It's, it's all there, but if that's all that is there, that is all that you will be talking about with your frontline staff. Right. If you're not right. investing in them, in, in other ways to make them grow. Cause mark my words, they will grow if you, oh. if you invest in them and the old saying of the, what if we invest in them and they leave? And I love the line back of what if we don't and they stay, and they stay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you said, you said the authority, you know, we have to recognize how, how valuable that frontline person is and empower them to make decisions that put smiles on customers' faces instead of, oh, let me go and get my manager or, oh, that's against our policy or, oh, no, that's all bullshit. Yeah. Empower your frontline people to create ambassadors for your business and give them the tools and the training and the knowledge that they need. And they're, listen, they should outgrow us. They right. should, they should outgrow us. 
that is evolution. Yeah. You know, I, I look at some of these, you know, I was actually, I, I, I played golf with somebody on, on, I think it was Sunday morning, maybe, um, 35 years in the same job, wow. you know, and I said to him, how do you do that? How do you do it? How do you spend 35 years, you know, in the same place? Do you feel like you're suppressed or not growing? And he said, you know what, this, the company that he worked for, uh, gave him every opportunity to grow. And he has the same, he, he, he was hired with the exact same title he retired with, oh, wow. but he grew inside that, yep. you know, with that company and, and you have to allow your people to grow and some will leave yep. some, some will. And that's what we do. And in retail, let's remember, you know, we don't have a lot of lifers in our business. We have a lot of in-betweeners, you know, they're in between, you know, school and career, you know, in, in fashion today, Yes, we have some lifers um, and we want to, you know, give them everything we can. And for those that are in, you know, in the transient retail world, you want to give that person, you know, Doug Webster from Staples and St. Albert, another guest on our podcast, yeah. really talked about, you know, his responsibility is to help that employee grow, to help them mature to a right. place where they're, they're better positioned for their next step. And I love that about, yeah. you know, growing your people. Right on. Thanks for that. Okay, sir. Boy, yeah, a lot of, wow. lot of good stories. Uh, this Time week. flies when you're having yeah, fun. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, there worry. are a ton of good stories. And, and guys, uh, thank you, you know, for listening. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, head over to your favorite podcast platform, search out The Wealthy Retailer, subscribe, like, comment. Um, we love your feedback. Um, and yeah, you know, here we are. We're, we're just cleared off the first week of July and Oh, rocking into yeah, summer. No, we're rocking. So as we said, you know, we'll have links to these uh, stories in uh, uh, this week's newsletter, uh, retailbycrs.com. Head over there. In addition, we've got some other stories that didn't quite make our, our conversation cut this week, but still interesting <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, an old uh, historical power station's uh, got a, a breath of new life into it as a retail building. That was an interesting story. Uh, here's a big one, the secret to unlocking Gen Z. And if you're not uh, familiar with that, that's your 18 to 25-year-old and how you get their loyalty, uh, who, by the way, they hold about 40% consumer spending power. So you might be interested in that story and a, and a couple more. So uh, ah, yeah. great week. Great reads. That was, uh, that was a good, good little podcast. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. All right. Have a great day.